When I was a much younger priest in a galaxy far, far away, one of my favorite pastimes on a summer evening here in Bismarck was to go down to Riverwood Golf Course in South Bismarck and golf nine holes. I was amazed that on a Friday or Saturday evening, there was typically no one else golfing. I used to call it Bismarck's best kept secret. No one golfing on Riverwood Friday or Saturday nights. Well, I guess the secret's out now, right? And I'd oftentimes go by myself, not because I have no friends, or do I? <laughs> but because, like many golfers, I'm a really poor golfer. And I like to golf by myself for that simple reason. I'm a poor golfer. And if you've ever golfed Riverwood, and if you haven't, you can follow along close enough. The final holes, holes seven, eight, and nine, or they've renumbered them now, come along the west side of the course, right along the bike path going down River Road, the pier's right there, the river's right there. So this is the west side coming back. And if you're hitting towards the hole, what happens is the sun is setting in the west, especially in these evenings. And so you're sitting there golfing. I'm right-handed, so I swing like this. And the sun is behind me in the west. And if you've ever golfed before with the sun behind you, it does this really, really strange thing. It sets out a shadow right here where you need to focus on the ball. The sun is creating a shadow with your own body. So what is the shadow you see? It's yourself. And as you swing and you get distracted by your own shot and your own swing, you ask yourself, do I really look like that when I golf? Is that what my swing really looks like? Is it that pathetic? My backswing, my follow-through, all of it, is it really that bad? And the answer is, yes, it is. It's a bit like listening to your own voice. You say, is it really that bad? The answer is yes. No, just kidding. It's how we sound, right? Everyone, what I just described to you of seeing one's own shot, we could call that many things. What I'm going to propose it to you as is a blind spot. What I just described, seeing my swing, not thinking my swing is as bad as it is in actuality, that whole thing that I just described is a blind spot. Now, the reason I want to talk about blind spots should be obvious enough. It's Lent. And the first half of Lent, the first three weeks or so, has a very specific purpose that we don't like, that I don't like. The purpose of the first half of Lent in the mind of the church is this. Personal conversion. Not conversion of your spouse, 
not conversion of your pastor, not conversion for your parishioners. Personal conversion is the theme of the first half of Lent. What you and I are doing right now is asking God the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, and I'm asking him to reveal to me, where are my blind spots? Where are the places that I think I'm okay, but I need some other reality to help me see that I'm not? That's what a blind spot is. What makes a blind spot so tricky is we're blind to it. That's why grace is needed. That's why other people maybe can help us recognize what those blind spots are. Now, what's incredible about the gospel today, and we of course know this is Jesus' first Lent, right? His first Lent, 40 days in the desert. The context is helpful. What happened before this? Right before he was tempted for 40 days in the desert. What happened right before it? He was baptized. His identity was revealed. This is my beloved son. But before he begins his mission of salvation to the world in preaching the gospel, what does he first do? He undergoes 40 days in the desert to be tempted by whom? The devil himself. And there are three traditional kind of temptations that our Lord faces during those 40 days. Now, there's lots of ways to interpret what these temptations represent, lots of ways to apply them, but I think that all three of them help the human heart recognize in us certain blind spots that are common in many, common in me, and maybe common in you. So what are they? Well, the first one, what's the temptation? The devil says, if you're the son of God, command that that stone become bread. Okay. That's probably never happened to you. But it happened to our Lord. Command that that stone become bread. The traditional way of understanding that is the temptation of bodily pleasures, food, drink, material things, the flesh. That's always traditionally seen as a temptation of bodily pleasures, turning a stone into food, a bodily pleasure. Now, we have to understand we're human beings, we have bodies, we need things, we need food, right? We need material things. But what's the catch here? What's the temptation that Jesus is teaching us to resist? It would be this, to make sure that we're not turning bodily pleasures in whatever form into the center, into the goal. But for how many of us is the acquisition of bodily pleasures the goal of life? More food, more drink, more stuff, more flesh. Jesus is saying, don't make it the center. It's a blind spot for many of us, making possessions and the body the center. 
What do we find out when those things are acquired? That they don't satisfy. That the human heart is made for so much more, so much more. The human heart's made for God. What does St. Augustine say? That our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Our bodily pleasures a blind spot. Second one, the second temptation. He takes him on a high mountain, the devil does, and he says to Jesus, hey, I'll give you all the power and glory you want, which is kind of ironic because he's the son of God. He already has it. But anyway, he says, I'll give you it all. Right? What's the temptation there? What's the blind spot there for many of us? Should be clear enough. The temptation of power, of control, of being a big shot, of promotions, of whatever, being recognized. But sometimes when we think of like abuse of power, and we see that on full display right now in, in Europe, the abuse of power, the abuse of power is even more subtle than that. The abuse of power can be any kind of manipulation, any kind of controlling one's spouse maybe. Maybe it's nagging. Those are all examples, everyone. All examples of blind spots that we don't even know exist. And our spouse might be afraid to tell us. They might be afraid to tell us the temptation of power and control. Last one, clear enough again. Where does the devil take Jesus? To the top of the temple. And he says, throw yourself down and tempt God. See if he catches you. What does Jesus point out here? He points out the danger, the danger of pride, of making oneself the center of the universe. The devil wants to make Jesus think that he is the center. The devil wants to make us think that the world revolves around you. He wants me to think that the world revolves around me. Think how much time we spend preoccupied with self. And the Lord wants to set us free from that. We were made for more. We were made to give our lives away in love. In the temptation of pride, in making oneself the center, is a temptation that is present in my heart and maybe in yours. So there you go. Three blind spots. Bodily pleasure, pride, and power. If those are there during these days of Lent, may God bring about the conversion of heart that is needed. And if right now you're saying, I do not need conversion, well, then you need it the most.